0: Hey, welcome to Realm Lore the Fantasy Bookshelf. My name is Tyler. My name is Ryan. And we love discussing
1: the fantasy genre, and today we're going to be discussing some fantasy.
2: Whether it is our
0: first read or a reread, uh, we will provide a in-depth analysis that even an orc can enjoy.
1: We are planning on hitting many different series with different adventures and experiences.
0: But right now, we're focusing on The Cosmere by Brandon Sanderson, and for me, this is my first ever read-through.
1: And for me, I have read this
0: many times,
1: and it is my top series.
0: So buckle up for the ride.
1: And go through the cosmos with us on an adventure to different realms. And explore the lore.
0: hey editing tyler here uh so the first episode of act one was almost two hours long so we actually had to cut it into two episodes because if you're like me your attention span doesn't go past 45 minutes um but anyways so here is the rest of the act and let us know what you guys think enjoy our shenanigans
1: um, so chapter four, um, starts with Vin contemplating being at Mistborn and Alamancy as a whole. Uh, she speaks to several of the crew members and they discuss Kelsier and his, uh, thieving crew and their past jobs. Um, including the rumors of Kelsier's past. Um, this line of thinking continues until the members of Kelsier's crew start to arrive. Um, and remember they're still in the, um, they're still in Cayman, formerly Cayman's, um, Thieving uh layer, if you will. Yes. Um and one foreshadowing point here, the thieving crew mentions that Kelsier might actually be something else wearing his face Who said that? Sorry, I,
2: I uh I, I just
1: wrote I wrote down the thieving crew mentioned, so um okay. if, I think it was I one of that, that. I think it's somebody from I missed that. crew before they get booted.
2: Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of detail that like Sanderson shoves in just a side throwaway sentence that you reread it after reading the whole Cosmere, and you're like, Well, that yeah. is very important. So. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All
1: right, so the first two crew members to arrive are Breeze and Ham or Hammond. Um, and Vin immediately feels the soothing effects. Um, she learns about soothers and thugs because Breeze is a soother. And Hammond is a thug um, from, uh, <clears throat> and that means that Breeze uses um, what is it bronze? Not bronze. It's um, what, which one is soothing?
3: I've got my um, handy dandy notes right here. All right. Oh, it's brass. Yes. So, um,
1: yeah, soothers use brass to. Um, soothe your emotions. Now, thugs uh, use pewter. It enhances their physical abilities. So <clears throat> we've got us. We got a mental magician, if you will, and we have a thug that are part of the crew so far. Um, next to arrive is clubs. Um, clubs is old, um, with a with a, a limp as he walks.
3: He is a smoker.
0: Right now. now Sorry, the I had to, the entire time. I just, I just <laughs> imagine someone sitting over there in the corner just looking like Strider having his little 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 pipe just sitting there smoking puffing rings. That's every single time <laughs> someone's like, Yeah, we got a smoker over here. I'm like, Oh, okay. Just call people
2: out then. <clears throat> well, to be uh, fair, sorry. uh to be fair, clubs his description is probably 100%. someone that you could see smoking cuz uh yeah, as we learn very quickly he is a yeah he's a, he's a grumpy old man uh who who uh would probably be smoking his problems away <laughs> but we also know he's a skilled craftsman as well so yes. he a very he's all of these characters you come to find are very 100%. nuanced and uh have a lot of depth to them. <clears throat> absolutely and smokers s-
1: smokers will use bronze or no i'm sorry copper and they basically shield other people from being able to sense allomancy being used so every good crew Will have a smoker who's usually going to be responsible
2: for the um their hideout because and they the, can keep the hideout hidden. And the reason that's important is because there is another metal Opera. I do not remember off the top of my head that uh, bronze detect. Yes, bronze that Bronze that can be used to detect other people. So you have individuals who can smoke who can do bronze, and then they'll know and be able to locate anyone using Allomancy. Having a smoker will protect you from those said individuals. Yeah, those those people are
1: called Seekers.
2: They're yeah, seeking out is. people. And we, we do learn that uh, Inquisitors uh, are all able to Seek. So yes. uh, if you get a bunch of alamancers together to do a job the way that Kelsier is doing... Um, those Inquisitors would be able to find you very quickly if you did not have a smoker. Yep. So,
1: as usual, Kelsier arrives to his own meeting late, um, followed by Dachshund and Eden. Eden is the leader of the Skull Rebellion. And, um, yeah, the crew's not happy about Mr. Eden. Um, they take turns sharing insults. Of course, Eden dishes them back. And it's it's clear that both stains or that both sides are really dis, uh, harbor disdain, um, but uh, in the midst of all that, Kelsey just tells him, "Hey, uh, our our new job here is going to overthrow the final empire," which probably is the craziest thing that anybody has said
2: in this world. I mean, that's extremely understandable. <clears throat> yes, absolutely, especially when. <laughs> Yes exactly, especially when um you realize that the Lord ruler has ruled for a thousand years and there's no signs of him uh, ever dying uh, you and and the fact that there have been rebellions in the past this is gonna be uh no small task let's put it that way
1: definitely not. So uh, this begins the planning discussion. Um, We learned that they have been trying to do this very thing for a thousand years, like you said. Um, But Kelsier has a secret up his sleeve. So uh, we learned that the crew is going to be paid 30,000 boxings. Um, And I believe in an earlier chapter, we learned that the 3,000 boxings that... That um, came in and the crew were paid was like more than
0: yeah that was an insane amount the, that
1: was like I an, a crazy like, yeah, amount no, of that's money
3: mine. So... No, I appreciate you <laughs> yeah but that just shows
1: you like how much more that this is going to be thirty thousand compared to three thousand so they're gonna get, they're gonna make thirty thousand boxings um and the and the plan is to cause enough mayhem to get the city garrison to leave the city thus exposing the weakness uh, of the city itself and then eden can march his newly created Sk'a army into the city to take it over now the lord ruler's atm stash um, is going to Which is going to be, is gonna be the, taken uh, by the crew if I'm the mistaken, bonus.
3: that's basically and how Kels- they run the country it it is a yeah yes and no um it's yeah. the idea of ATM is,
1: is really what runs the country because it's really tight lipped on exactly what it does, but the most high of the nobility regarded as the most
3: precious of items. And so that's what they use to conduct okay, okay, business makes between sense. themselves, which has a trickle-down effect. Yeah. Um and yeah, so if they if they're able to do all this, um, the
1: the scholar rebellion doesn't care about the ATM. The thieving crew can have it. Nothing um, And then Kelsier's going to try to kill the Lord Ruler. Sounds simple enough. Um, <laughs> they still have to work out a few details. And Kelsier discusses that um, specifically how to get the garrison out of the city, um, how to build an army for Yeen,
2: and how to take care of the Steel Inquisitors. So still some and, planning left to do. I think what I love about this is that so much of this conversation takes place from the point of view uh, of Vin. (coughs) And that we get to see just how crazy this is from her eyes. As she is considering that these people uh, (laughs) are trying to do something that's impossible and how she thinks they must be mad. um, you, You really get a sense for just what, a difficult undertaking this is gonna be.
1: Yeah, how crazy they all sound. Yes. Yeah, she is the only POV character in chapter four. So it is all straight from her perspective, and yeah, that's a great point. Um and that is chapter four. Um we have Vin starting off chapter five. Uh, Vin, Kelsier, and Docs remain in the hideout in conversation after the rest of the crew leaves. Um here we learn that Kale or that Kelsier needs more ATM. Um now Previously, clubs had gotten up and left. He was not about the plan. Um, but he, but Kelsey knew that he was going to come back. So, sure enough, uh, clubs comes back and um, <laughs> he he admittedly says that he he wanted to come back and talk after Breeze was gone, the Soother, because it's hard to think um, you know, when you have somebody
2: playing with your emotions. Um,
3: and and the- this.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, and we didn't even um, really go too much into what a character Breeze was, um, where we find that he is using his powers just to manipulate and charm people all all day long into doing uh, his work for him.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think he says something along the lines of uh, like the pleasure, in, or the the point of life is
2: to get people to do other things for you, or something like that. Yep, and it and it's even more funny that uh, Dachshund left uh, in order to avoid Breeze's manipulation when, in fact, Dachshund is the only one who has the power and ability to uh, avoid <clears throat> his manipulation. Mm-hmm. Now, and um, uh, one of the foreshadowing notes that I have
1: um, here for this part is that um, Kelsier states that he has used up most of his
3: ATM hiring an or sewer. Yes. We'll leave that at that. Detail. This is also where
1: we meet uh, Lester Bornes, who is the nephew of, uh, of uh, Clubs, who also happens to be a ten-eye. He's a misting who consume who can consume and burn tin to enhance his senses, for better sight, better smell, better hearing. Um, and he doesn't go by lest is for very long. Um, kelsier gives him the nickname Spook. Spook's yeah. a fan favorite. Spook, he uh, a- he, he, he's a gem. <clears throat>
3: um,
1: so then uh, kelsier goes out to the night so uh yeah after their meeting is adjourned he he heads out to uh cause some mayhem go steal some atm um he pulls out his mist cloak and heads to keep venture now during this time he's you know he's in his head he's thinking and he mentions his teacher gimel oh, yep. which um i would that's the short story i was telling you about tyler Very <laughs> Um, I'll send you the exact details on that so you don't get into secret history, because that would be very bad. Don't. We're not doing secret history yet. Uh,
0: just the, just the 11th medal.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, kind of cool that, uh, that that was written after the fact, but, you know, Brandon still had the wherewithal to you know plant those little seeds even though he really I don't think intended to write the gimbal scene but you know it's just cool to to tie everything together. Um so uh when he gets a key venture he kills a whole bunch of guards and specialty troops called haze killers. Haze killers being soldiers who have been trained to fight mistings. Uh Mistborn or you know obviously they're they're trained to fight the different powers that the Mistborns have, but, man, Mistborns are in a uh, whole league of their own. Um, And, oh, this reminds me, I wanted to draw attention to this. This is the first time that we get um, the word maladroit, specifically used um, uh, maladroitly. Uh, This is one of Brandon's favorite words. Um, Actually, I have the definition here. Maladroit is an ad, um, an adjective, lacking in adroitness, unskillful, awkward, bungling, tactless. So it, basically, the context is is that um, I believe Kelsier lands maladroitly, meaning that he landed not very gracefully.
0: This is the word that
1: brand that Brandon overuses, especially in the
2: Mistborn uh, Era One books. I I had not picked up on that but that is cool to know it's kind of a meme um you know
1: people will, will point this out when they're talking about how bad of a writer brandon was in the early days when you know they don't know what they're talking about as far as him being bad but you know it's one of those things that they kind of gets mentioned and it's funny um he actually used maladroit and the lost metal um i believe when i was reading that and it made me laugh
2: well, he he always is. I'm always finding new words that I did not know before, and learning because of Sanderson.
1: We'll have to uh, have a discussion about um, his use of words. So I, I read this um, this Reddit uh, conversation where this guy did a a, a study of Brandon's, um, or it wasn't just Brandon; it was Brandon, Tolkien, um, Erickson, and. Somebody else, four, four authors, and basically analyze, oh, Rothfuss, Patrick Rothfuss. um, and is basically analyzing the use of Germanic words versus Latin words. And Germanic words um, are prom- predominantly used by writers that are considered to have like more flowery and pretty prose, like Rothfuss and Tolkien. Versus Brandon uses a lot of um, Latin-based words, which are real, disc- like real to the point and easy to to consume because our our English language is very Latin-based. Very is very interesting. I'll I'll have to try to find that information for you know future discussion. But I'd she
3: do a whole episode just talking about that. Really cool stuff. Yes. Um. Yeah. So
1: we get a full education on Alamedic combat during this, during this uh, chapter. Um, he goes through all the offensive, um, and defensive medals,
2: And I like that he does that, um, because we get to see and learn about these medals uh-huh. in action instead of down the road. When we see him teaching them to Vin, um, we get the more nuanced thing, but if we had come out of the gate and our first interaction with it, the magic systems had been him teaching it to Vin, it could have come across very boring to the reader, but because we get this hands-on knowledge in this very high action packed scene, uh, later on, we get to almost being Tel'sier's perspective. Um, even though it's from Vin's perspective, we, we come in already with a certain level of understanding.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what did you think about this scene, Tyler? When uh,
3: he was just going, the first time you really get to see the combat. It would be wonderful if I didn't accidentally hit the mute button on my mic.
0: <laughs> um, nah, the court is so okay. long, so like, I get the on time around, and um, according to my wife, I have extreme ADD, so I constantly move around, and I guess I kicked it. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> what a uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, no, basically, uh, the, the aspect of the whole thing. F- fight. Uh, I love how it works, how uh, each metal plays off of each other. Um, And and as I stated earlier, that each metal has two sides of, it's like two sides of coin, uh, on how they go back and forth and work off each other. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the fight. Um, And I think from here on, they're only going to get more intricate on how they actually battle. Uh, And I'm very curious on how that's going to Work out.
3: <clears throat> Were you able to follow like the action
1: pretty pretty well? Because that's one of the things that um, that this story and this, especially this first book is is discussed is how easy it is to consume. And with me, sometimes when I'm reading, you know, a fight scene in a book, it can kind of feel disjointed. And I sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. But, with this one in particular, I, I remember the first time that I read it. It was just so clear. everything that happens on it just so riveting.
0: like I, I just, had no I, I I consume no issues this book so fast. the first time that I read it it, it was, was so easy to read. read um and it didn't nice, seem nice. jumbled up. I can see how people would be like, "Hey, this is confusing." but person excuse hmm. me
3: personally, I didn't have a single issue with it. <clears throat> Nice. All right, so uh, yeah, uh, you know he, he kicks a lot of ass, kills a lot of people.
1: Um, eventually he has a group of uh, noblemen mistings come in, and that's the point where he decides to um, to bail. But he is able to steal and throw out this chest into the night that crashes into the ground. When he gets back, when he gets down to the ground, it's broken open. he finds two 10,000 boxing notes which he pockets. He finds a bag
0: of gems, which he also pockets. And then he finds a small bag of I'm sorry, I gotta cut you success. off real quick.
3: And I just love As how you leaving, went um, down he, the entire thing. The...
0: It's sounding like we're sitting yeah. here playing a and d game right now and you're just going over the loot that we just found everything. <laughs> 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 I mean, kind of, kinda.
1: Uh... But I found it very telling that as he's leaving the scene in his head, he's thinking that um, even if he hadn't recovered anything, it was still a successful understandable because he killed Nobleman. Yep. So, again, that goes back to the idea that Kelsier isn't really a good guy. He's the protagonist of the story, but not really a
0: good Do guy. Whatever it takes.
2: Yep, he is willing, he, he's willing to kill noblemen. There's plenty of memes out there about Kelsier's hobby being murder. Um, and uh, <laughs> the fact that, once again, for him, it's all about results. He'd rather get results. Doesn't care how he's going to get them. He'll but do it, the dirtiest it, things in, in nutshell, order to get that the that really results really a bad thing? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, mm, okay,
0: that's wrong. Okay, yeah, situational. It's and it uh, there be. is it's situational,
1: I think. Uh,
0: there is a argument.
3: Nope, 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 nope. Tyler, shut up. Sorry. You no, know, I I couldn't help myself, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, finished the first it's, act. Uh, and I started reading a little
0: bit of the second act, you know, preparing for the next, uh, the next, the next episode. And so I'm getting
3: a little things mixed up here and there, but you know what? Uh, i honestly can't wait to talk about that now. Uh, we we are gonna get to that for sure. But you're you're right though.
1: I mean, he's definitely he's very very diverse. Character um, a lot of nuance
2: exactly to, to and him. that's it's, it's not well, black I, I
3: white, like him so far,
2: which is what makes him so great <clears throat> And uh, and he's also very empathetic um, yes as well uh, I'm coming point. from the perspective of someone who's read the whole Cosmere. So uh, I read read the whole trilogy and and Kelsier is someone who you can really root for in some senses, and also definitely see his flaws, on the other hand. Yep, 100%. Now we start, uh, Chapter 6
1: is a a kind of short chapter. Uh, Vin awakes to strange comforts. She's in a a room by herself with space and a semi-comfortable bed, Um, things that she would normally consider luxuries um that she does not get with a normal thieving crew um she explores the shop she makes um or and she admires the carpentry equipment approves of the of the lair Um, she takes a bath in scented water which she does not care for and makes note to to ask them to not put the perfumes in the water because she doesn't like smelling good (laughs) for some reason She's so she used,
2: she's
0: so
1: used to not smelling good. Her
2: smell. Well, and she doesn't want people to be able to identify her based off her scent.
1: Yeah, which goes just that just you know further shows the amount
2: of um, anxiety that she has.
1: Yep, and the lack of trust. And and just a little bit further into the chapter, um, after speaking with Ham, she goes and gets some food and gets a little extra food to 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 stow away in her stash. In case she's got to run, and she'll have some extra food there. Really yep. extreme anxiety. I not you
2: <laughs> miss Finn? But with yep. her background, it's you know, it's understandable. You you cannot blame her, especially with what Sanderson alludes has happened to her in her past. Uh, you really can't blame her. Yep. So the crew
1: gathers for another meeting,
2: and they discuss the
1: finer points of the plan, dealing with the garrison seizing the treasury, raising an army, and dealing with the Lord Ruler. Kelsier pitches the idea of a house war. Uh, they want to get the, the respective houses at war with each other, so it weakens the overall structure of their, their economic system, their military. It's going to cause a ripple effect to really um, cause instability within the final empire. And they they plan to get things started into motion in one year's time. Um, now, we also learn that a certain lord is going to procure weapons for the plan. And it is hinted that he is killed and replaced by Kelsier. Um, there's also a need to find someone to go undercover to impersonate a member of the nobility. They go through the, the the all the crew members checking people's boxes. Ham can't do it. Doc's can't do it. Eventually, they land on Vin, um, and <clears throat> so she's going to be picked to be the person to infiltrate the high nobility. We'll get more to that in another chapter. Now, um, after further into the conversation, Marsh Kelsey's brother, he arrives, <clears throat> and he is the final member of the crew. Now. A couple of points to note for foreshadowing. <clears throat> Vin mentions that the Lord Ruler saved humanity from the deepness. This is the first time that I believe we read the deepness within the story, but the second time mentioned because the first one was in the epigraph. But the deepness was the big bad that the world was saved from a thousand years ago. And uh, during the discussion about dealing with the garrison, uh, Koloss are mentioned.
3: Colossus okay. is a, a word to remember. remember that one. <clears throat> we'll leave it at that. Yeah, <clears throat> We learned more about uh, about Marsh. Um he actually used to be the leader of the Scholar Billion, so he was
1: where Eden was before Eden became <clears throat> the leader. Um he confronts Kelsier about the people he killed the night prior. I actually gave him a list of the names of all the people he killed at Keith Venture. Um, which is whew, that's pretty heavy. Um, and he told you know he reminded him that they were men and they had lives. Though <laughs> Kelsier brushed them off as betraying the ska so they're as good as dead anyway.
2: Um it really shows the contrast between the brothers, I think. Because it is worth noting that not all of the people that Kelsier killed is were noblemen. He considered as anyone who helps the noblemen to also have forfeit their lives. Yes, exactly. They discuss their past, um, how they've changed, uh, who
1: they've lost, um, including some hints that um, that Kelsey's wife um, more than Kelsier cared about her. We'll, we'll we'll leave it at that for now. So. Definitely some some pretty yes emotionally damaging stuff between the two brothers for sure.
2: Yes, Sam just. As you get further and further in the Cosmere, you may not notice it until someone points it out, but Sanderson loves love triangles, and he loves them between siblings, <laughs> being the two that love the third person. You, true.
1: True, true. Not- <laughs> Especially in the earlier writings. Yes. Um, now, this is where... Kelsier notices that Ven is eavesdropping on their conversation, so she scurries back to her room and to act like, oh, you know, I wasn't doing that. Kelsier goes and confronts her, but it's all good. Uh, he's not upset. Um, in fact, he wants to start their training, and he gives her a cloak. She's very surprised by this because she thought that she would have to earn it. Um, they drink some vials of metal, and they head out into the night um this is where we learn that mistborn are almost always high born nobles so the mist cloaks indicate to the guards to not interfere with them while they are out and about um so basically you know the mist cloak is what gives them the cover to not be you know messed with by the guards because the guard wants to try to to make trouble with the head of a powerful family so they just kind of look the other way which gives the ska mistborn Um, A lot of extra cover. It's quite nice, actually, for them.
2: Yes. And if you're (laughs) a guard, you Uh, don't want to be Mistborn. So look the other way, even if you're not told to.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, They do a bunch of training during this part. You know, a little bit of of a montage, Crash Course, and and what it is to be a Mistborn, going through the various metals. Um, This, in the chapter, um, concludes with with Kelsier. Asking Ben to jump off the city walls, and this goes back to that Gimel chapter or that Gimel short story. Kelsier's teacher, pretty much doing the same thing to him. So it's cool to to get the perspective of Kelsier as a student versus Kelsier as a teacher, just kind of passing that 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 tro- that traumatic lesson down. Um, but she does; she jumps off. I love off the, wall the little and, notion of uh, he she's there. got a
0: lot stronger than me. I had to be pushed Um, and, and then... his inner monologues. I love his inner monologues. I love his inner monologues. Yes. And that is one, that, that the, is one of the things that shows that, like, hey, this chick is strong. She's a lot more strong-willed than she wants to lead on. Uh, she She likes to play the little... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say victim because that's that's not the best terminology for it, but she she definitely plays it up to the best of
3: her abilities and surprises people when she shows the way she truly can be. Yes, and I think that that's a big part of
2: her character for sure. Um, she she would like you to underestimate her but first before the underestimating her she'd prefer you not to even notice her or know that she exists
1: exactly right that's uh kelsey notices that when they're riding the carriage i believe um in the next chapter that she is on edge and she's almost like she tries to sink into the corner where she's you know, people overlook her. It's just a, in, a thing that she that just chapter, does automatically, and, you know, after years eight. of
0: um, traumatic experiences. In, uh, it might be seven, seven, I can't remember. Um, it is eight, yeah, yeah, it is eight, sorry. Uh, numbers, head, crazy. We just finished um, seven. We're, we're about to in, be on in eight. During that carriage ride, uh, it shows more of how her brain plays on her, like, hey, you don't need to be trusting someone. You don't need to be trusting people. Uh, you, 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 you. The only person you can trust is yourself. Everyone's gonna leave you. And I love near the end of it. She's like, oh, well, basically, basically, it's just like, oh, you're just gonna keep me here. And she's like no, you can leave whenever you want. Well, I don't have any money. All right, well, here, here's that 3,000 box ins earlier that I got from your old boss. Enjoy, we'll take you back. And, and she was kind of surprised at the aspect that he was like, okay, well, like, if, I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do it. And I think that's what piqued her interest to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to see what you actually have going on. And I think that's what really kind of kickstarts this whole you know what? back to the d and d reference. That's
3: what kickstarts this whole campaign I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it really yes. starts to
1: um to chip away at that hard exterior that she has. The first time that it's like really made she's made aware that there's not everyone's out to screw you over.
2: yeah, and I think that's one of the big themes of the book is uh that it's better to trust uh than to <laughs> yes, live a exact. life of uh untrust Untr- whatever word that would be yep know oh. <laughs> untrustworthy yeah uh that would refer to then so yeah uh, to live a life of of speculation and, and honestly that's uh, gotta always be being worried about boom. being betrayed
0: Just sit there and always yeah. wonder yeah. like alright well is today the day I get betray- b- betrayed it, that's always got to be stressful
3: oh man I couldn't I couldn't imagine Dude, that's I could what she imagine did that. that's insane yeah I thought it was. I thought it you, was. But you're right, though. That
1: was chapter eight, with with that that scene in the carriage, um, just to get there. Yeah, just just to get there quickly. There, they do more training that was kind in of chapter worth. eight. They go out to the forest where they see a mist wraith. Um, she learns um, about the mist race. Yeah, definitely cool um they eventually emerge into a clearing where they find a carriage waiting on them and a new character the, the Terraceman butler
3: Honestly, Sage, no, never mind. <laughs> I thought you said is something big, go. big character um <laughs> and so yeah the, so the, they hop in the carriage and they had that scene that you spoke about you know
1: uh, kelsey gives her the 3000 boxes and says have a nice life um, you're free to stay yep. with us if you'd like, but we're not going to force you. And she decides to take a chance, and she stays. Um, they get to they get to renew, or they get to Feliz, where they meet Lord Renew, the nobleman who is going to get the weapons for them. And they establish that she is going to be playing the part of the daughter of his favorite cousin.
3: If I'm not mistaken, uh, that's her name where will be the character is. Yeah, Act 1. That is the end of Chapter 1. That's the end of the or, chapter, I'm sorry, end of act chapter 8,
0: wind. end of Act 1. Honestly, so so much packed into it. So yep. much packed into it. So nice, and, nice and little. And uh, we're only yeah. n- barely even tipped open the book. And so, ah, dude, it, ah,
3: I can't understand why people really love this. yeah, that first act really does a great job um setting the
1: stage for what's to come, you know, with understanding the magic system, with understanding the stakes, and you know what's at play, getting a firm foundation of these characters.
3: Um, it's oh, just with it's doubt. a masterfully well done um, entry into the series, I think
2: There's a lot, a lot more to come, but um it it definitely leaves you in a spot. That leaves you wanting more. Um, We've learned enough about the world to be invested, um, but there's still enough questions, enough uh, things Uh, to keep us tied moving forward. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I was describing the Tyler that Brandon likes to write with. You know, these these acts, and each act will have its own like small climax which eventually leads to the Sanderlanch which you know get, brace yourself for that we will go into more detail on the uh, infamous Sanderlanch. Yes. Um but I love that I love that he does that because you know you, you 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 get to that last page and you finish it and you're like I have to go to the next. I have to start the next act immediately. You have to know. And I love the semi cliffhangers that he leaves each act on. Um, his, his own little climaxes for each one. I think
0: it's a really fast pace in, and and I think his style, style is of going writing. to uh, become become yeah, more absolutely. prominent in the future uh, with more of, of his works and writings as we uh, continue to read not only you know the rest of the misborn and stormlight all that stuff I think it it's only going to get better from here that's my little foreshadowing for this aspect of it. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the biggest authors around
3: right now. So, I mean... you Oh, yeah. You think you're Without choosing. a doubt. I mean, <laughs> this was... Well, and, you know, like, this is still very early on in his his works,
1: too. Um, I was actually just reading on the Fantasy Facebook group page, which is, you know, where we all met. Um, they kind of contentious um Rude conversation That actually had all the comments uh, taken off And it was about um I, I believe it I think it was about Mistborn Or it might have been about Storm No, it was about Stormlight But they were talking um, about Brandon's early works And about how You know, his, his first published book Was Elantris But Elantris was his sixth book That he wrote from start to finish um and you know the, the Mistborn is is a variation of like a couple of stories that he was writing that got rewritten mashed together to create this story um it's very fascinating to see like how his writing has evolved over time
2: yeah absolutely it, it, he he has grown as an author and i think he's really dialed in um the, the story structure and what makes a good story and what what you need to have and uh and at the same time though because that sounds like it can become artificial um I'm always baffled by the heart that he still has in these stories and the characters um and this yeah, is a and- podcast for Mistborn but even with his latest books we're recording this in. T- 2023 the year of Sanderson and we've got three secret projects so far and I'm very su- surprised at how well he's able to pull you in emotionally and make you care for his characters um, every time
1: Yeah, I completely agree I've only read one of the, the three that are out so far but I have the other two um, but yeah
3: Tress, Tress is <laughs> awesome he's uh, yeah, going happen. Happen. to happen soon to see the Emerald sea. <clears throat> yes You know, actually, Ooh. where trust takes place in the timeline, I read it was like way
1: after most things, like Alrighty. close to Six of the Dusk.
3: It'd it's be like, interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to fit. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, the newest one that just came out is that a cell book? Is it on Planet Cell?
2: It's not, uh, it's on its own world. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah.
1: I don't know why I read it was like related to Elantris. Maybe there's like maybe there's like call back cilantro in it or something. I don't know. I'll find out. I'm
2: gonna read it here pretty soon. Yep. And uh, yeah, we 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 don't. I I don't know the answer to that. Well, I do know the answer to that question. No, well, we all right, guys. Well, this brings our, us our to yeah.
0: the end for of sure, sure. Act One, chapters one through eight. Um, I definitely think we had a great, uh, great discussion on this. Uh, definitely went into some pretty good details on this. Um, uh, what, what do you guys think? You guys have any closing, uh, closing statements of the first act of what you think is going to happen? Well, I don't know why I just asked you that because you know what's
3: going to happen. <clears throat> <laughs> uh you can go ahead and go first,
2: Gary, if you'd like. Uh no, I'm I'm excited for you to get to the end of the book and to hear what you think of it uh for your, your first time. Um what is just more apparent to me uh with these books is one, how addicting they are. Uh I when you first approached me about reading or doing this podcast, um I started rereading this born to prepare for it. Um, and that was less than a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, and I am almost done with Mistborn Era 2 from that reread. So uh, definitely speed speeding through these quickly. Um, I, I love these books. And what's really apparent to me is just, again, how rereadable uh, they are. If this is your first time reading it, yeah. Um, definitely go through the rest of the series and come back and read them again because Sanderson packs these full of details so most and it, they're definitely. just so much fun to read a second time.
1: I completely agree. In fact, the re- the reread is actually better than the initial read. Like, obviously... Reading through certain scenes the first time, you can never get that back. But then understanding and enjoying the the book so in its entirety I, I is so much better on the first reread. Me,
0: me, you know, I yes. can think say what I think is going to end up happening is training. She's going to learn more about stuff. Um, we're going to learn more about the the metals. Uh, I hope we learn about how this all came about. Um, on how people were gain these abilities other than being of noble blood um there's got to be some sort of reason with that um definitely with the whole renew lord renew aspect coming into play uh there's definitely going to be a huge noble part into this i'm kind of curious on what it's going to be and uh so it's Definitely going to have some great aspects. Uh, I'm excited to read more about the training uh, because the way he writes how the different metals interact with each other... I You got me sold right there, and so I mean it's only a matter of time to see what's going to happen. Then we obviously know Gandalf is going to be play a big role in everything. Uh, That's Kelsier, just in case you didn't know. Um, He's he's going to have a huge role in everything, Um, and uh, I I still (laughs) am going to call that he's dying. It's it's everything is lining up too perfectly. For that not to happen. She's she gets close to people and and that's and that but that's another foreshadowing of how she thinks. Everyone leaves you at some point or another. That's either somebody's going to leave or somebody's gonna die and essentially leaving. Um, you know, that's
3: kind of a morbid way to leave, but it is what it is. Um but yeah, no, that's <laughs> No, so you're saying that she's gonna like, even though she's gonna,
1: um, gonna trust and she's gonna let you know let people in. Exactly. She's still potentially going so to. It's, it's going to end know, up suffer that thing that she tries to
0: avoid Not the most. The, I don't think it's a gonna ba- happen the way ba- that ba- it ba- usually happens yeah. when people just get up and leave. But I think it's gonna end up happening. So I mean, only time will tell. Only time will tell.
3: We have six hundred plus agents. Uh, you you were right about uh,
1: about Kelsey not being the main the main character. It was just it, it set up too perfect, so that was, uh, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty spot some on uh, guess
0: there. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way I can <laughs> we'll say see. That, I guess. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Alright, well, you know what? I think we'll call into end to this episode right here. Uh, definitely, like I said, a great first start into the first act, or start of the first act. And I think, I mean, like I said, it's only to get better from here. Uh, that, that's basically what I, all I gotta say. Um... So all right, well we will call this guys and uh let's get let's know what everybody thinks about it, what you guys think about sure. it. Uh if there's anything you like about it, don't like
3: about it, give us a holler. Yeah, we'll look forward to the next one. Thank you for
0: joining us on this literary journey through the realm lore, the fantasy bookshelf. We hope our discussions and insights have enriched your reading experience and sparked new ideas. Remember, the adventure doesn't have to end here. Pick up that next book, dive into its pages, and let its world captivate your imagination. Until next time, happy reading. These are our opinions and are not affiliated with Brandon Sanderson unless he wants us to be.